Hello and welcome back to From My Mom's Basement, the podcast where I tell you short stories that are coming straight from my mom's basement. Um, I'm your host, David Chamberlain, and this is our um, third episode here. So thanks for listening. Um, As of recording right now, um, the last episode that I recorded has zero, uh, zero listens. So if you could go back and listen to that one, it's a good one too. Um... Anyways, why don't we just jump right into it? Um, This short story is called A Letter from a White Supremacist, and it is written by me, David Chamberlain. Thank you. In September of 2006, a large, secret, cult-like organization was discovered in the southern United States. At the time of its discovery, there were over 250,000 active members within the cult spread throughout six different states. Once discovered, the FBI launched a federal investigation and quickly labeled the cult a hate group, and within a year, the cult was almost completely dissolved. The head and founder of the cult, Patrick Arbogast, who reigned over the cult's membership out of his trailer in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, denied that his quote-unquote religion was a hateful entity. He said that although many of his teachings were in line with those of the National Socialist Movement and the Ku Klux Klan, that he never advocated for violence against the quote-unquote other races. He claimed that the great star spirit, Oratithian, would remove all the quote-unquote unclean races from off the face of the earth in what Patrick called the fantastic obliteration, and so there'd be no need for the cult to promote violence as Oratithian would do everything himself. Patrick was working as an assistant manager for a subway restaurant when the cult was uncovered, and after the secret nature of the cult had been completely abolished, Patrick stepped down as the Grand Master. Within eight months after his resignation, the membership of the cult had declined by 80%. Over two million letters and emails were sent between members of the organization throughout its five-year lifespan, and while the Grand Master never indulged his members with a correspondence, One of his high-ranking officials, a gold captain whose real name is Jared Taylor, wrote almost 70,000 different letters to members of the cult. Jared Taylor was a professor of English at Tulane University and never failed to answer a question that one of his fellow cult members had. Although his students at Tulane say that he was particularly awful at answering their emails in a timely manner. What follows is a letter written by Jared Taylor sent to various members of the cult. It was uncovered from a pile of papers and paraphernalia that had been set ablaze in a fire pit in Taylor's backyard. Some of the topics discussed in this letter are quite offensive. Discretion is advised. To whom it may concern. Gentlemen, it seems that a rift has been forming in our ranks for some time now. A rift that if not repaired or remedied expeditiously will never be healed or sealed up again. As a ranking class A1 gold captain and elected leader of the Western Zone, it is my duty to uphold the chapters that fall west of the Blackstone River and to ensure that order and civility are common throughout all of the chapters therein. Our Grand Master and Holy Zealot General, the Almighty Seer and Subjugator, must not be bothered by these minor squabbles between low-ranking members of the secret hermetic order of the Silver Morning. Holiness to its name, Grand Master be praised. Because of this, I am sending an official letter of exhortation to cease all acts of savagery and incivility towards your fellow order members. The complaints are beginning to pile up, and if something is not done immediately, I may have to begin that awful and well-recognized process of auditing each and every chapter, up to and including the Suffolk County chapters as they have been newly annexed by the Western Zone. 
To circumvent this uncomfortable and tedious process, it is my wish that you will read this letter and take its precepts to heart. I am not asking a great deal, only that you follow those mandates given you by the great Grand Master, may he be praised, and implement them in your chapter ceremonies, and that you keep those promises which you recited when you first made the Midnight Pact. What follows are excerpts from several letters and emails sent to me by dissatisfied members of chapters from throughout the Western Zone. I will do my best to answer these, as well as provide advice and my own expert insight on how the problem may be resolved. The first complaint comes from Phil Ross of Western Chapter 12. This is a portion of what Phil had to say. Greetings, Gold Captain. Grandmaster be praised. Okay, I have a serious problem. My chapter leader is really chapping my ass. He says that Mexicans can be invited to join the order if they want to, and I ain't sure that that's the case. In fact, I thought that this was all about white people and whatnot. I, I, I appreciate the order, Gold Captain. I really do, and I like that it's secret and whatnot, but I might as well just go down the street and join the KKK or something if they're going to start letting Mexicans in. You see what I'm saying? First, let me begin by making this very clear. Anyone who joins a group such as the KKK while simultaneously having a membership with our order will be disavowed immediately. You may not claim fealty or affiliation with any other organization, group, or party while holding rank within the secret hermetic order of the Silver Morning, holiness to its name, Grandmaster be praised, and threatening to do so will result in an immediate probation and even a possible prohibition from zone gatherings. Now, the order is an exclusive group. We know this. And while it never is explicitly stated in our doctrine that only those of the white race may join, it should be fairly self-evident to new initiates that we do not admit or permit anyone whose ancestry goes beyond that of uh, Western Europe. The order is a private group and is protected by the rights bestowed upon us by this glorious nation to observe our sacred rituals and ancient ceremonies however we see fit. It has been said in not so many words by the Grand Master himself, may he be praised, that our entire order would collapse if we began to let our membership be sullied by peoples of exotic natures. That is all I will say on the matter. However, I will go on to say this. The order uses ranks and titles as a way to establish order in a hierarchy that cannot ever be tarnished. They are a derivation of the military's ranking system and should be viewed as such. Sending a letter to an officer such as myself who outranks your chapter leader is a gross insubordination and will be met with fierce and fiery discipline if it happens again. You should know better. The next complaint comes from chapter leader and ranking class B2 Silver Knight Jonathan Hickson of Western Chapter 9. This is what he had to say. And that brings me to my last point. What the hell is the deal with 7-Eleven? I don't get it. It's the closest convenience store to my house and the order says I can't use it? I gotta get in my car and drive three miles to a Walmart just so I can get my Cheetos and scratch-offs? I don't think so, buddy. I got... You know I work in the morning. I do important work, too. Say I get a little tired on the job and make one wrong move on someone's drivetrain? Their car's gonna be kaput. I wanna go to my 7-Eleven, dammit. What's the big idea? Well, I will tell you what the big idea is, and this goes for everyone else who believes it an inconvenience to abstain from the putrid establishment that is 7-Eleven. It is a clear and codified doctrine sent down from the Grandmaster himself, may he be praised, that 7-Eleven is a seething den of iniquities and seeks to wrap its poisoned tentacles around every corner of modern America. You see, it was this grotesque company which ceased employing the Grandmaster, may he be praised, rendering him completely destitute. For months, our holy leader, blessed be his infinite splendor, slept in a corner of a parking garage all because that pestilential monster called 7-Eleven would not allow him to smoke cannabis in the storage room. 
Do you see the injustice? Do you recognize the unfathomable transgression committed by 7-Eleven? If you do not, I may have to call into question your loyalty as a member of the secret hermetic order of the Silver Morning, holiness to its name, Grandmaster be praised, and an inquisition may have to be launched to further investigate your true intentions. That is all I have to say on the matter. The next question comes from Tony Polanski out of Western Chapter 7. I have received many letters and emails regarding the following topics, so I suggest that everyone pay close attention to my response, as it will inform you as to how to resolve your respective issues. Here's a portion of what Tony had to say. Okay, and then there's the whole ranking thing. Like, how in the world... I don't have any idea what rank goes above another. For example, I'm a class C2 night dragon, but my buddy says he outranks me and he's only a D3 twilight mage, and so he's bossing me around all the time, and I'm the one that has to go get the beer and whatnot, and frankly, I'm sick of it. I don't know about you, but a night dragon seems tougher than a twilight mage. I'm sorry, Golden Captain, I'm just really tired of getting ganged up on, you know? This same grievance has been taken up with me more times than I could begin to recall. It seems that most, if not all of you, have encountered this same obstacle amongst your local order members. I would encourage all of you to purchase the Grand Master's Handbook, Glory to His Name, on Amazon for $8.99, plus shipping and handling. It was self-published by the Grand Master himself, may he be praised, and contains all of the wisdom, insight, and revelation of our eternal leader, may he always reign supreme. It also contains the hierarchy of the Eternal Empire, which would be an invaluable source of information to any member of the Order, especially those who seem to have a less than adequate understanding of our ranking system. However, I do understand that financially speaking our Order seems to attract those whose income is near or below the poverty line, and so I cannot in good conscience demand that you make a purchase that goes beyond the $500 a month tithe to the secret Hermetic Order of the Silver Morning, holiness to its name, Grandmaster be praised. Because of this, I will now indulge you by listing in order the ranks from the lowest to highest superiority. The number system is as follows. When achieving a new promotion, you will be initiated in that rank as a D4. You will progress through to D3, D2, D1, then on to C4, C3, C2, C1, and so on through B and then A. Once you have been promoted to an A1 of any given rank, you will then be ready for a full promotion, meaning your title will then change. If you and another member of the order possess the same title, the number rank would then take precedent. Now for the list of titles. Here is an exhaustive list of the titles of the order from least to greatest superiority. Silver Spawn. Silver Arachnid Warrior. Silver 1977 Chevrolet Camaro SS. Silver Mini Dragon. Golden Warrior Child, Sparkling Midnight Rider Minor, Sparkling Midnight Rider Major, Night Dragon, Fire Night Dragon, Eternal Night Dragon, Twilight Mage, Starlight Mage, Silver Mage, Golden Mage, Silver Knight, Capable of Being a Chapter Leader, Silver Death Knight, Silver Major Knight of Power, Silver 2016 Chevy Tahoe Eddie Bauer Edition, Golden Knight, Silver Captain, Green Captain, Orange Captain of Serenity, Capable of Being a Zone Shaman, Black Captain of Eternal Cleansing, Capable of Being a Zone Guardsman, Golden Captain, Capable of Being an Elected Zone Leader, The Unity Wizard Major, the Unity Wizard Minor, the Grand War Captain, the Master's Head Magician, the Master's Right Hand. And, of course, the final and greatest of all the ranks belongs to our Vigilant Leader, the Great and Almighty Master of the Order, the Man Without Peer, the Intimidator, the Revelator, the Divine Ruler, the Immaculate Overseer, He who has uncovered the secrets of the dark, the Grand Master, may he be praised. No confusion should now remain amongst our membership as to who outranks who. The last question that I will address in this letter comes from Peter the Pinkler Sandusky out of Western Chapter 2. This is what Peter had to say. 
And so I keep thinking that maybe I should do something about it because I keep getting made fun of. I didn't know the robes were were such a big deal and stuff. And if I had, I would have asked my wife to help me out with mine. But when we're in the middle of the chanting and the hollering and stuff, I can feel the robe riding up on me. And I just don't understand why he can't wear any undergarments with the robe. The fellas in the chapter keep saying that they see my crack and whatnot, and I hate it. I can't stand it anymore. Plus, the robes are pretty coarse, and mine gives me a rash on my little noodle. And I was wondering where it said in the doctrine that members can't wear underwear while performing the sacred rites. This is ridiculous. Plus, Jeremy Ostrand, Class B2 Silver Arachnid Warrior, has a robe that is kind of see-through, and I'm tired of looking at his private parts for the whole ceremony. Please respond immediately, Gold Captain. This is an interesting question, one that I've been pondering over for some time now. I've searched the sacred texts, and I've been in correspondence with the upper echelons of our order, and have, to my surprise, found no real concrete or specific text or doctrine indicating that no underwear should be worn during the ceremonies. However, that being said, this order is steeped in tradition and a small problem such as penile rash or being uncomfortable showing your rear in front of your fellow order members should not interfere with the mighty tradition of our order. I've been to many high council meetings and have seen the golden altar itself and can report with great confidence that none of these men were wearing undergarments during the ceremonies or even after. In fact, some of the men chose to wear no robe at all. It seems that a small annoyance is somehow hindering you from enjoying the great rapture of the ceremonies, and so it would be my guess that some larger problem is stirring within you that you don't have the courage to express. It would be my advice to you and to anyone struggling with minor inconveniences to see if they stem from a larger root problem. The undergarments will stay off, and that is all I will say on the matter. Also, you needn't be concerning yourself with other members' robes, much less what lies beneath them. Keep your eyes on the altar during the ceremonies, and no problems should arise. I wish you all the best. May the Grand Master watch over us. His name be praised. I will leave you with a phrase from the Dark Oath of Oratithian. And we will watch as he strikes down the seven elevens, and the people flee in terror, and the flames surround the world, and the wrath is inevitable, and the horror inescapable. Sincerely, A1 Gold Captain Dr. Jared Taylor. P.S. I am visiting Nashville with my family next week and would love to meet with some fellow Order members. You can find me on Facebook. Thank you for listening. Um, This episode was written and edited by me, and the music uh, was provided by Kevin McLeod.